0: Chapter 1 verse 1. First Samuel chapter 1 verse 1. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah. In the region of Zoph. In the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Joram. Son of Eliu, Son of Tohu. Son of Zuth. Of Ephraim. He had two wives. Hannah and Penina. Hallelujah. Hannah had children, but Pen- sorry, Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Hallelujah. The Bible says that there was a man. I'm preaching for only five minutes, so I'm not teaching. So flow with me quickly so we can leave. Amen. Amen. There was a man who had two wives. Hannah and Penina or Penina whatever depending on where you come from. Now, in the culture in those days was such that the first wife had a double portion of everything, just as the first son has a double portion of everything, which meant that Hannah was supposed to enjoy the benefits of being the first wife a double portion but nature had somehow usurped her the opportunity of enjoyment and giving it to Penina who was supposed to be the second wife because she had children you know sometimes life deals as a bad hand How many have had some life, you know, challenging experiences that have dealt you a bad hand? You were supposed to enjoy something, but somehow life has happened to you. So instead of being in front, you are at the back. Hannah, who is supposed to be in front, is now at the back. But at Shiloh, someone say at Shiloh. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say at Shiloh. At Shiloh, there is a redirection of redress of life and the Bible says that this man will always every year go to Shiloh each year verse 3 Hannah Elkanah, will travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heavens the armies of, of the tabernacle, the priest of the Lord where at that time the two sons of Eli, which is Hophni and Phinehas. Amen. Every year she, he would go. Every year. And it was at the place of Shiloh where she got taunted the most. Hannah and mean, She was supposed to be at the presence of God. But at the presence of God, she got taunted and bullied. Sometimes in the house of God, that's where people bully you. Hey, when are you getting married? Hey, when are you having a child? Hey, you've been married for a long time. When is the child coming? You are supposed to be in the house of the Lord. You are supposed to be in a place of blessing. You are supposed to be in a place of peace. But at the same place of peace, that is where somebody is bullying you. And the Bible says that This went on and on so Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. I'm in verse 6 if you are following me. Hallelujah. You are taunted in the house of the Lord. Every year, you come, every time there's a wedding, you are uh, bridesmaid or you are chief bridesmaid or you are one of the brides uh, uh, whatever maid. and the people will be saying, when is it? will be your turn? When will be your turn? You have been doing a wedding a all this while. Every time. If you are unfortunate to be in the choir every member of the choir, you are part of the choir, so you have to be inside somewhere. If you are not uh, part of the bride's uh, bridal party, you are uh, cooking at the back or you are serving. You are doing everything or you are singing. And and people be saying, hey, it's been long When will be your turn? when will it, have it be your turn people be taunting you in the house of the Lord for Hannah coming to Shiloh was such a chore it was difficult because at that place where God is was the place she was reminded of the fact that she had no children it was that same place she was reminded that you don't have a child Bible says that Peninnah taunted her year after year it was the same verse 7 Penana would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat you know apart from praying apart from uh, worshipping and sacrificing one of the things that they did as Shiloh was to eat as we'll be eating after church Oh, only five people are alive in this room. And those five, I suspect they haven't been fasting. I really asked them, brother, have you been fasting? Since you are the only one who has energy. Hallelujah. For the joy that is set ahead. This morning, my wife woke woke up and she was dancing. I was wondering what was going on. Then I looked and said, ah, Shiloh morning. She had a spring in her step. She was very, very joyful and very, very happy and excited. All, All three weeks, she's been moody in the house you see it so I go are you okay <laughs> you see the older you get there the more difficult it is to fast uh, don't worry you, you'll get there I say don't worry you'll get there <laughs> hallelujah yeah. and a said to the wife why are you crying why aren't you eating why are you downhearted just because you have no children you know for the man who has a lot of children you not having a a child is just because you see, when the problem is not on you, it feels like it's just because. When it's on somebody else, it, you can trivialize it and feel like this is nothing. This is just something. Just because. I mean, relax. Just because. Because it's not your problem. So it's just because. I haven't had a job in the last 18 months. Oh, just because you don't have a job. Every morning you get up and go to work. And I have to stay at these four walls. And you say just because. No man has come to propose to me. I've been doing everything. They say I should be nice. I've been nice. They say you should smile. I'm smiling. They say you should look good. I'm looking good. They say you should dress well. I'm dressing well. I've done all these things. and, and Just because you don't have a man, relax. The man will come. Take it easy. You, you have a wife, so you can tell me, just take it easy. You, you have a job, so you can say, take it easy. You, you have everything around you. You have a child, so you can say, take it easy. Yeah. Because when the person doesn't feel the pain you are feeling, they think what you are feeling, you are exaggerating it. They, they talk anyhow. See, sometimes when somebody is going through a pain and you don't have anything sensible to say, shut up. Don't say anything. Just be quiet. Because sometimes the more you open your mouth, the more annoying and the more you exasperate the person's problem. Just, 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 if you can't say anything, just be quiet. Sometimes people can, oh, Ah, you lost your sister, then they start talking and you just want them to be quiet. I remember Bishop, many years ago, I lost two of my church members in one week. And some of the pastors will come. Brother, do you do prayer walks? do. 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 Do you fast for your church members? How is it that you have lost two church members in six days? One of them was tapped about 64 times by a supposed cousin who turned out to be a boyfriend that she was cheating on. And I was called at 3 a.m. to go identify the body. Two Sundays before that incident, they came to church together and and this, this girl was asked, who is this boy? This boy doesn't look very, very mwah. suspect this boy. Oh, 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 it's my cousin. from. He came to visit from London. Yeah. Cousin. Pastor Gloria asked, the, the, the girl. Separately from me. As soon as she came to say hello with the guy, I said, who are you? Where do you come from? Oh, I am her cousin. Are you sure? I asked. At 3 a.m., I was walking by the police to go and identify a body. and much About five days later, one or another church member died. these pastors will come. Do you do prayer work? Do you fast at all? Brother, are you in the spirit? You are supposed to be the covering of the church. How is it that you have lost your covering? And people are dying under your ministry. You see, if the pain is not on you, you describe it anyhow. You say just because, but when the pain is on you, you want the whole world to stop and feel what you are feeling. Let's read on. Verse eight. Why are you crying, Hannah? Never ask anybody why why are they crying. There is nobody in their right mind who will start crying for no reason. I mean, the, the, the problem is obvious. You can see that this is a problem here. And this woman is trying to grieve her problem away. And the husband who is supposed to know better and be the one to console her comes to ask a question. Why are you crying? Why? Why, oh, why superfly? Why are you running? <laughs> Mulefe, Mulefe, stop running. Why are you running? Why aren't you eating? Why are you downhearted? Just because you don't have children. You have me. I am more than seven, ten sons. I am more than, se- who told you you are more than ten sons? Who told you you are more than 10 cents? Listen, what you need is what you need. I say what you need is what you need. And this afternoon bring to God what you need exactly. Don't let somebody equate what you need to something else. Yeah, what you need, you need children, not a husband. I don't care how good the husband is. Am I might not worth more than 10 cents to you? No, you are not. Yes, I, I give you the fact that you are a good husband. I give you the fact that you give me a lot of uh, portions and money and everything. I give you the, all those things. But that, those things cannot compare to having my own child. I need my own child. I need my baby. I need to also be called a mother. One of the greatest yearning of every woman is to be called a mother. Hallelujah. And if you are here and you don't have a child, next year by this time you'll come here with your baby. I say year by this time you'll be standing here with your baby. <laughs> Once after sacrificial meal at Shiloh Hannah got up and went to pray. You see, they had been coming to Shiloh every year but she hadn't encountered the god of shiloh you know in john chapter 5 the bible says that there was a man that sat at the pool of Shiloh, a pool called the, by the name bethesda and had been sat sat there, sat there for 38 years the bible says each year At the season of Shiloh, God comes to stay the the waters. And anyone that can reach out and touch or jump into the water, that same person will be healed. Same Shiloh. You know, people come to Shiloh every year and go back. They come, so they don't come with any expectation. When you listen to the man's uh, conversation with Jesus, he said that, I have no man. We are talking about the stirring of the water and healing. You are talking about a man. If it were me, I would be sitting by the water the whole year. Since I know I haven't got any man, I will sit there so that as soon as he stares, I'm the first one in anyway. Why do you want to make excuses when it has to do with you and God? Why do you need a man? Oh, oh, I'm waiting for the day uh, the bishop will lay hands on me, then I'll receive my healing. No, 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 you don't need the bishop. What you need is God. You and your God. With Shiloh, it has nothing to do with anybody. It's you and your God. Hallelujah. So, she got up And went to pray. She bypassed the high priests. It's time for you to bypass the high priests. And go to the highest priests. Of our faith. I said it's time for us to bypass the high priest. And go to the highest priest. The Bible says that for we have a priest. Who we cannot touch with our hands. But that man makes intercession for us. Day and night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as Shiloh, you need to confront him. You know, the thing about Shiloh is this. In in Genesis 28, the Bible says that Jacob had a dream and uh, he saw in the place a ladder that went up to heaven and angels descending and ascending and he said, no, this place is none other but the house of God. Then he took uh, stones and he put the stones there and poured oil on it and said, this is the house of God. This is the altar of God. This is the place of the presence of God, Shiloh. And he said that if you will be with me, if you will keep me. If you provide for me, if you protect me, then you'll be my God. And everything that you give me, I will return to the same place and pay my tithe. On Friday, for those who were around, I was teaching about the power of vows. And I was saying to you that what prayer can do, a vow will do. What Uh, uh, intercession can do the greatest spiritual weapon that we have is a vow a vow will speak for you when you can't speak for yourself you know this guy made a vow to God at Bethel traveled to his uncle's place and stayed there for 21 years And the Bible says that he returned and as he was crossing the Jordan, he remembered Shiloh. The vow he made in Genesis 28 was speaking for him in Genesis 32, 21 years later. He said, I crossed this Jordan with just a stick in my hand. But i have come I'm coming back with two companies. And I was saying to you on Friday that companies, 200 people, 200 camels, 200 sheep, 200, go- 200 of everything. So he had, in those days, uh, uh, when they say camel, we are talking about wealth, sheep goats heads you know this altar is not a joke see there's a difference between a stage and an altar a stage is where men stand to perform an altar is where the presence of God meets humanity are you with me this is not a stage this is an altar and this altar speaks The altar spoke for Jacob when he couldn't speak for himself. Instead of his uncle trying to kill him after he had siphoned his uncle's wealth, the uncle could not lay a finger on him. And he returned back there with two companies. He was a multi millionaire. I've seen a lot of people come and make vows on this altar. And God has, there are many testimonies I can give you. Many, many testimonies. Hallelujah. Because at the altar, you don't come to meet a man. You come to meet God himself. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the, the, the sacrifice you lay, you see, the Bible says that and the, the prophet um, Elijah laid Bowls on the altar and poured water on it and called on the God that answers by fire. And the Bible says that and fire came from heaven and consumed, consumed the sacrifice. You see, the, 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 the sacrifice you put on the altar is what will invite the fire of God. So Hannah came. And Hannah said, Lord, you know my need. What I need is a child. And what God also needs is a man. So he said, let's make a deal here. You give me the child. If you give me the child, I'll give you back that child. You let them call me mother. And after that, you can have the child. So the Bible says that the priest was sitting at the back at the entrance and was observing this woman's mouth move, but there was no voice coming. And she said, Woman, why are you drunk at this time? I said, No, 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 no. I am not drunk. For out of the bitterness of my soul, I poured out my desire and my needs and my request to the Lord. Bible says, work with me. I'm on verse number 11 there about, 14. Why are you drunk? He yeah, says that I, I'm not drunk. Verse 15, quickly. I'm not drunk. I haven't been drinking wine or anything strong. I, I, I am very discouraged. I am pouring out my heart to the Lord. This afternoon, I want you to pour your heart out to the Lord. Hallelujah. And go on quickly, quickly, work with me. Don't think I'm a wicked woman. I am praying out of my great anguish and sorrow. And the priest said, in that case, go in peace. What I'm going to say to you is that go in peace. And they made the God of Israel grant your request that you ask in the name of Jesus. I said go in peace and the God that answers by fire will answer your needs in the name of Jesus. Because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. According to the power that is at work in you. What is your faith? What faith have you got? What are you coming to Shiloh with? What do you believe God to do for you? You know, Sharon was saying that she wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things. Even the things that is like, if you bless me, you don't bless me this year. I don't even care. She wrote them down. How many of you have written something that you are coming with? Or you just came because it's Shiloh? You see, you have to be intentional and deliberate. Hallelujah.